and I stood there and pushed on the door and I didn't have enough strength to, to push, to push the door open with my arm. And this thought flashed through my mind of the headline man found at, at the portable outhouse. This one's radio episode 858 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, as a reminder, one of the things that I uh, offer as a, as a coach, one of the things on my coaching menu are uh, the one-off consultation calls, which they, they can be one-off calls. They can also be, you know, multiple calls. Uh, basically, you know, what, what those, what, what that option entails is we jump on the phone uh, and kind of talk through whatever kind of issues, obstacles, things you might be dealing with right now. And uh, my, my goal, of course, is to give you a little bit of, a bit of clarity, uh, a bit of, um, you know, uh, uh, help put a plan in place to help you move forward, whether it's with training, whether it's, you know, kind of adjusting to a lack of races right now due to uh, the COVID-19 situation, or at least the uncertainty that the fall is bringing with it. Um, maybe it's it's kind of helping to work through an injury issue or adjusting to uh, heart rate training or whatever the case might be. Those are just some examples of, of recent calls that I've had. Um, but, you know, anything running related that you're struggling with, if you think that I might be able to help kind of put you in the, in the right mindset, point you in the right direction, uh, the calls are available and you know there's no real limit to how many of them you can use um i mean hopefully we don't need to put a dozen of them together right but if you want to you know have a call every couple of weeks every month we've had that before uh with with some folks as they're kind of working through a process so it's like every couple of weeks we just jump on the call how are things going how are you doing what's the next phase and, and just kind of keep things you know keep ideally keep the progress flowing and so if that's something that might be interested uh it might be interesting to you that, that you think might be helpful for you now or you know at some point in the future uh th- this is an option that's that's not going anywhere uh and it's i like to think it's pretty accessible pretty reasonably priced all that kind of good stuff uh, but all the details you can find at disruns.com slash consultation disruns.com slash consultation uh it's also working on being connected through just the, the main coaching page as well disruns.com slash coaching uh that's kind of a work in progress right now as well but you can check that out and, and kind of see all the different options available but if you just need a call to kind of help you work through an issue i got you covered I got you covered so get uh, get signed up get it scheduled all that information disruns.com slash consultation and now let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show Hey guys, uh, today's guest and I first connected several years ago as members of a, an entrepreneurial mastermind that was called the Next Level Society. Like we were like, we were like some secret society gurus here, right? And uh, and then we got to hang out for a bit at, at Podcast Movement and I believe it was 2015. Um, but it, it, in both of those instances, when our, when our paths crossed virtually and uh, in person, um, we didn't share any miles together because I'm, I don't think, in fact, I'm pretty much positive that at that point, today's guest wasn't doing much running uh, at that, at that point in his life. But since then he's gotten back into the sport and he's kind of, uh, I would say gotten back into it with a vengeance. So, uh, I'm excited today to catch up with, uh, with my friend and talk running a little bit with Mr. Eric Dieter. So Eric, thanks for, uh, for joining us today and welcome to the show. 
Hey, thank you for having me. I I am looking forward to uh, our conversation. Yeah, certainly. And uh, guys, if you want to check out more of, of you know some of the stuff we talk about today, things that Eric's got uh, you know working on coming down the pipe, things that are already available, uh, ericdeter.com is the website, E-R-I-C-D-E-E-T-E-R.com, ericdeter.com. Uh, on Facebook, at Ultra Marathon Mindset, all one word, all jumbled in there, in there together. You can find his page there with lots of videos and some interviews, things we'll talk about a little bit as we go as well. And uh, on Instagram, you can also connect with him there, and it's just at Eric Dieter. So it's just his name. E- again, E-R-I-C-D-E-E-T. E-R. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 858 is the link for the show notes today. Uh, as per usual, have everything linked up there, a couple of photos, uh, whatever else we talk about today that makes sense to link to as well. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 858. So, uh, Eric, you, you, I know you've listened to the show uh, at least once or twice in, in your day. Yes, I have. Um, and so you you know the first thing I'm going to ask you, but uh, I got I to gotta set it up anyway. Uh, and that's just uh, to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Well, I, and I, this is a question I was like, yes, I'm looking forward to answering this. Um, and I want to qualify that it is my favorite distance to race, but I've only accomplished it once. So, uh, it is 100 miles. And the reason, uh, there's, there's a lot of reasons that, uh, that I really like that distance, uh, is that it is, it is a challenge. Um, it, it makes you dig deep, uh, and it is, not guaranteed that you can finish even if you do everything right yeah that's that's uh certainly true from what i've heard because i certainly haven't uh towed the line <laughs> of a hundred miler yet i feel like even with with the marathon you can make that argument that it's not guaranteed that you're going to finish even if you do everything right but uh, yeah multiply that by four um and yeah you know there's a lot of a lot of time for for things to go wrong uh out there on on typically on the trails, occasionally on the road. Some of the real crazy people do it on the road. Um, but, uh, but yes. yeah, hundred miles is, is, uh, is quite, quite the challenge. And, and you say I've only completed it once. Um, you know, that might be one of those where, where once, once can be enough for a lot of people. And you know, there, there, well, there are people who do that with a marathon. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've talked to people who's, you know, they've set a goal to run a marathon and that once was enough. And it, that kind of was me in the beginning of my life. Uh, I ran a marathon back in my, it was, I think my late twenties and, uh, it was the running craze that, and, uh, you know, I, I got into that and I set my goal, ran a marathon and then I just kind of faded out and quit. And, uh, just, you know, I, I thought of myself over thought of myself as a runner for several years after, but I wasn't really running and I just kind of faded away. And, and then, you know, here I am now 30 years later, right. getting back into running with, uh, with, you know, running hundred milers. Yeah, that's quite the, quite the way to get back into it. I, I'd love to go back to, um, because I don't know that I even know the story from the conversations we've had over over the years. But um, I know I knew that you had run previously and had taken a, an extended uh, leave of absence from the sport before getting back into it. Um, yes. But but going back to to those early days, what was was there was there a reason that running a marathon was kind of something that you wanted to do? Like like what what kind of got you started in in running the first time that you kind of got into the sport? The first time I got into the sport, I, I had, you know, I was married and I had started gaining a little bit of weight and it was kind of one of those things. It's like, you know, I'm, I, I really need to lose some weight. And so I said, and, and, and running was kind of 
it, it, it had become a thing. It was a mm-hmm. kind of national, uh, you know, running magazines had started coming out and, uh, you know, people were talking about it and you could see people doing, you know, on the road, you see people out running and, uh, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe they were doing it before as, as much, but, uh, I became aware of it, you know, kind of in my late twenties and said, you know, I'm going to do this. And so I started running to lose weight and then got acquainted with a few other runners and heard about the marathon and kind of thought, well, that was, that was kind of the thing to do. That was, you know, um, a cool challenge, mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to push yourself. And so I kind of set that as a goal and trained, trained as much as I could. <laughs> and I ended up running, uh, the Lincoln marathon and, uh, four hours and 42 minutes. I still remember my time, nice. <laughs> my nice. time from that. Uh, so I wasn't a fast runner and, and and one of the things that, that happened to me is I, at 19 miles, you know, how you get into that place where mm-hmm. you feel like you can't go any farther. I went into a portable outhouse, went to the bathroom, and I stood there and pushed on the door, and I didn't have enough strength to, to, push, to push the door open with my arm. And this thought flashed through my mind of the headline, man found at, at the portable outhouse, <laughs> trapped in an outhouse <laughs> at the at the local marathon, and then I realized that the door opened out, and so I just kind of stumbled <laughs> forward <laughs> and stumbled out and on down the road. So, uh, so yeah, that. Uh, but but I did finish. Uh, uh, the people who were walking were not going much faster than my run um, at the you know about twenty miles. But I, it was it was one of those things that. I, but uh, that. It was, it was, I didn't set another goal. I, I finished mm-hmm. it. I kind of checked it off my box. And, uh, just as I looked, as I've looked back and, and thought of to myself, why, why was it that I didn't continue? Uh, it was just that, you know, there were a lot of other things going on in my life that, uh, that led to me quitting as well. But, uh, but yeah, I just had this extended, I thought I, I thought I'd quit running for life and mm-hmm. then, uh, it ended up being just a long pause. Did you enjoy running? at that time was it was it something that was was fun or was it just kind of something that you did i enjoyed it um but it i enjoyed it but i also it was kind of like i wanted other people to know i was running mm-hmm. it was a it was kind of an ego thing for me mm-hmm. um and so identifying myself as a runner and you know one of those people who was in shape it was uh, that was that was it was kind of a self-image there mm-hmm. as well. And so it was, there was a little bit different motivation than what I, what I came to now later in life. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so then, like you said, and it like happens to a lot of people, right? Like life kind of happens, um, you know, family work, this, that, and the other, you know, it, it starts to fall off the table and like, Oh, I'll get back to it. And, and, you know, for whatever reason or another, you don't, uh, but then you do, you know, eventually, uh, in the last, mm-hmm. the last handful of years, you, you kind of found your way back to the sport. What was, what was it that brought you back to, to the sport of running? Um, I had done a lot of, uh, mindset work. I mean, some of the things that we had talked about, uh, the reason that, you know, I met you joining the next level society, uh, was trying to actually get some of the things in my life, uh, some goals that I had kind of let, let languish that I was working on trying to better myself, trying, trying to improve myself. And, and so I'd been working on it and, and I had a lot of, uh, what I'd call you know, limiting beliefs or internal roadblocks, uh, mindset things that I had carried with me all of my life. Um, the, and had having studied how the subconscious mind works, the things that we learn as a child from our parents and, and things that I learned from my parents 
that were never really stated. They, you know, it, was, it wasn't like they said, this is, this is what you need to do and this is how you need to live. It was more of an example of what I picked up from their life and the way they lived. Mm-hmm. I had these internal stories about why about the fact that I wasn't competitive and that I wasn't able to to succeed and I wasn't able to to actually win and uh, and those those mindsets stayed you know stayed were formed in early childhood and stayed with me through my life even though I had identified where they came from and what they were doing to me I still wasn't able to break through and and actually make some cha- make changes in my life but I kept working on it. I kept reading books, you know, Think and Grow Rich and and all of the, you know, um, Tony Robbins mm-hmm. and the the those types of self-improvement books. I kept kept looking and kept trying and never really was able to make any progress until uh, probably somewhere around 2015 or so, 2015, 2016, things started coming together and I started learning some tools to actually change my thinking at, the, at a subconscious level. Mm. Um, in particular, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, there's a book called um, uh, Break the Habit of Being Yourself. Mm. And that was kind of the, the book that gave me some, some tools. And he talks about the connection between your mind and your body and how the mind and body are linked in, in you know, neurochemical reactions and the habits that we have actually are, are formed and, and live in our body. And our body gets used to the way that we think. And if we try to change the way we think, the body's like, no, we're not getting the same kind of chemicals that we normally get because, the, you know, we've, and then uh, your body is actually fighting against your mind to keep you in the same spot. And I was able to, to actually get, get that connection between my mind and my body to, to start thinking differently and start believing differently about my ability for success. Mm-hmm. Where that showed up for me was in 2017. I'd been I've been trying to lose 20 pounds for 15 years, <laughs> and I set that as a goal every every year. I'd set it as a goal, and every year I failed. But in 2017, a couple of things happened. I was doing this mindset work, and I wrote the goal differently. And I said, at the end of 2018, or at the beginning of 2018, I am going to weigh under 200 pounds. And so I was 225, 230 or so. Mm-hmm. At the, at the beginning of 2017, writing that goal that way gave me a year to accomplish my goal. And, uh, and so I, it started, I started working. I mean, I, I gave up sugar. I really, I really took seriously my diet. Mm-hmm. And at that time I was riding a mountain bike. And so I had that kind of exercise, but I really never saw myself as a runner. So, um, so I, I lost lost weight in the, about the middle of July, I was down to 195. Wow. So I'd lost 30 pounds. But I knew I needed that margin because, you know, you've got Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and Christmas. And so mm-hmm. I said, I better be 195 so that I can, <laughs> I can guarantee being 200 by the time, by the end of the year. And so, and I, and I made, I did make the goal. I mean, I, I, I was able, but the other thing was since I'd set my goal at the end of the year, even though I had made my target weight, I said, well, I'm not, I, I wasn't at the finish line yet. I was, I, the mindset was I've got to stay at this weight. It wasn't like I'd hit that, hit my goal Mm -hmm. weight and then it could bounce back up. So that was another thing that was an advantage. But in the middle of all that, a friend of mine had that year in 2017 had been attempting to run a 50 mile trail race. And 
it, I, I knew him, I'd known him in person, but I only saw him on Facebook because uh, we used to go to the same church and then, then the, we were in different churches. So I saw his attempt uh, the first year, first time it was, a, his uh, race was rained out. Second time it was 95 degrees and humid and, and he wasn't able to finish. And in September he, he made it. And so he showed pictures of his trail race and, you know, all of, all of, you know, you know, you, the trail running pictures, all the, all the, all mm. the pictures you post on Facebook. And I looked at those pictures and I said to myself, that looks like fun. And the second thing is I said, I, I've lost enough weight. I bet I could run and do that. Mm. And so in September of 2017, I set, I, and what I didn't say really to anybody else, I just kind of in, said it internally, was I'm going to run that 50-mile trail race next year, the one that he just mm -hmm. did. Um, and so the the next week I went out on the trail and ran, ran the first first mile that I'd run in you know, 30 years. Wow. And, uh, and so running on the trail is different. You know, mm -hmm. There's not as much impact on your body. Uh, so, but that was, that was the – uh, kind of a long explanation of, of what brought me into running after, after, and I was, I was 60 years old when I started running again. So, uh, been, been off, uh, been away from running for about 30 years. Right. Right. Um, and then, and, and I, I, not sure if I knew this or not. So, which is why I, I, I love even talking to people that I already know, because there's always, you know, details that come about that, that, uh, you know, you don't necessarily recognize, but, um, you know, coming back into it, not just coming back into running at, at 60, which is, you know, not something that a lot of people are, are you know, typically doing, but coming back with a, with a pretty much goal right off the bat of running 50 miles, like no, 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 just dipping your toes in the water and kind of seeing, seeing what it feels like. Just go right to the, right to the high dive and jump in, eh? Right. And, and a lot of the running groups I'm in, you know, people will ask, you know, can I do this? And most run, most experienced ultra marathon runners will say, no, you should not do that. You shouldn't mm -hmm. go and set a goal to run 50 miles a year from now, I mean, even within a year. But, uh, but the, the race that I was in, that there's a, there's a hundred mile option as well as a 50 mile option. So the cutoff time for the 50 miles was the same as the hundred. Mm. So that, that was a lot of my thinking is like, I, I could, you could pretty and much there were it. people, yeah. yeah, there were people, uh, there was a, there was a woman that, uh, that I saw and she pretty much walked the whole, walked the whole race. And you could um, probably comfortably walk 50 miles in what, what are they at? 25, 30 hours, something yeah. like that. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 it was 30, 32 hours was a cutoff. And, uh, so, um, so yeah, you could, as long as you kept moving, mm -hmm. I mean, which that's kind of the, the mantra of ultra marathon runners, right. just keep moving. Um, as long as you keep moving, you could make it. So the, the pressure to, to perform at a, at a, at a greater speed, uh, that was, that was a big factor in me being able to complete that. So, mm -hmm. um, so yes. And so I, I, I did a 50 K in July, um, and had the honor of being DFL. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I made the, there is a, it was a 30 mile, 30, right at 30 mile course. Mm -hmm. And there were three loops of 10 miles and you had to be out of the aid station at six hours. And I was at five hours and 58 minutes. I left the aid station. Sounds like so, less uh, than six hours to me. <laughs> <laughs> but as a, as a, as a result, the sweepers were like a hundred yards behind me because mm -hmm. I was the very last person on the course. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, that was my, uh, first. So that was kind of my intermediate step, um, into, uh, to preparing for my 50 miles. Gotcha. Uh, 
what, what was it like? Um, and, and I don't know, you know, if, if you, if you, I'm sure you, there was probably some reflection going on as far as what running was like 30 years prior to what running was like when you were getting back to it. But, um, you know, what, wh- was it, was it, were you playing the comparison game between where you are now versus where you were then? Or were, were, you, were you, because of some of the mindset work that you had have clearly been doing for many, many years, were you able to, to detach and be like, no, this is, this is where I am now and I'm not going to compare? Or what was, what was it like kind of getting into running, being a runner previously, having run a marathon before and kind of going through that whole process, which I'm assuming probably felt a lot like starting from pretty much square one. There was, I, the, the, there was a familiarity of understanding that first week when you, when you make the decision, I'm going to start running and that first week and your body is saying, I'm going to die. And so I, I understood that, you know, this is not going to be a permanent thing, you know, and I was able to push that pursuit. So that was, that was easier having, having experienced that before. Mm -hmm. Um, the, uh, the technology and shoes, was a whole lot better, different, right? a, lo- <laughs> a lot more information. Uh, and then, and then early on, a friend of mine introduced me to, and I'll have to back up. I was a, a very hard heel striker and I, I had a very long, I, I pretty much over was an overstrider in my early days. Um, so I, I was younger, so I, I was able to still run faster, mm-hmm. but, uh, but my form was, I mean, it was just, we just went out and ran. There was, right. it wasn't the, um, wasn't a lot of the training available. Uh, I'm sure it was there if you could, if you search for it, but for most of us back then when I was running early, just, I mean, we kind of ran the best we could and whatever we could get out of the runner's world magazine to help us. Um, but you know, the, the, there's a whole lot more information about, about sports medicine and sports, uh, physiology and, and training now than there was back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was helpful. A friend of mine introduced me to the concept of chi running. And so, uh, knowing the injuries that I had before, uh, I, I was kind of looking at the fact that I was going to be running on trails to lessen those injuries, mm-hmm. but I was still heel striking. I was still running the way I had always run. And, uh, this friend introduced me to chi running completely. It was just v- very, uh, you know, changing the changing your form, changing the way your body mm-hmm. works. Uh, you know, having done that for all of my life, was was a challenge. But it was it was very much in line with the can of mindset work I was doing with with changing my subconscious beliefs. Um, it was it was something I was like, okay, I can do this. I, you know, that was kind of what I told myself, and uh, and it actually became um, the it became a meditative practice for me because. I couldn't just go out and run, well, running trails, you've got to watch out for the rocks and the right. roots and you, you, you will, uh, if you lose your concentration, you'll, <laughs> you can get a reminder. You're going to be going down pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, uh, the, medi- the, the focusing on my form as well as avoiding the rocks and the roots gave me an awful lot to concentrate on. So, uh, the meditation practice that I had used to help kind of get my, get those limiting beliefs changed, uh, in the other areas of my life, I brought that whole meditation into my running practice. And so, uh, uh, and, and it was, and it is, it's, it's just, it is a practice. It's, it's not something that's, that's natural, but it's, uh, of an awareness of what my body is doing. Mm-hmm. And so of that, 
that was a normal part of my training that not only was I running, but I was also trying to tune into feeling, feeling the, my feet landing, where my feet are landing, right. how my uh, hips are moving, how my, it, there's just this whole, uh, my posture, um, that, that focus was meditation, meditation time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that's kind of what brought me into where I'm at now as the, as a mindset, uh, mindset training, mm-hmm. uh, because I think that was what was it. That's what enabled me to be able to run the, those kinds of distances. Right. Right. Uh, besides the form, it would the, uh, the fact that I was very much in tune with my body, right. which is, I mean, that's certainly a, a huge component of staying healthy, um, and, and continuing to, to move forward. How, how long would you say it took, uh, to kind of get the, the chi running principles and, and the new form, um, for it to become ingrained? Uh, cause I know when I did it, it was probably at least six months where I had to think about it all the time. And then probably another six months before it came fairly automatic. Um, was it a similar time frame for you or maybe it sounds like you were probably more focused on it than I was. So maybe it, it happened a bit quicker, but, but how long did it take to kind of get the new form to become second nature? I'm still working on it, ah. and it's um, it's a it's a continual continual refining. I probably say I got comfortable with it in about six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I didn't have any formal instruction. I just read right. you know read the book, and was what I could kind of kind of gather on my own from the way I felt as I ran. But yeah, it, it, within six months, it, it wasn't it was not really automatic, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It, um, it wasn't something that that I had to think about constantly. Right. Uh, so I could uh, my my process was I would be running and then about every five minutes or so I'd kind of check back in mm-hmm. with with my form. Um, and so it, as I'm out there on the trail, I'd be looking at things and my mind would wander just as you do mm-hmm. when you're running. Uh, but but it was it was kind of every once in a while I would come back and check my form, check uh, just how things are how right. things are feeling. Um, yeah, I think that was pretty similar for me too, where it was, it was, and I, I guess I, I didn't lead into that question quite perfectly, but it, it is a continuum. Oh no, like, yeah, like I, you're, yeah, you're I, I know, right. yeah, yeah. Um, but there, there's that initial adjustment period where it, everything feels, feels mm-hmm. strange. And now the other thing that I did was I also changed my walking, uh, mm. my walking pace of my walking stride. Um, when I walked, I would land, I walked the same way I ran. I landed heavy on my heel. My wife would always say, you walk through the house and you sound like an elephant. And because I would just land on my heel. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I did with when I started learning the chi running, I said I started walking the same way. I started uh, bringing my feet so that they landed more under my body rather than having my foot come out in front of me. Because that, that helped me incorporate the principles of chi running mm-hmm. a little bit better because I was I – was, doing the same kind of concentration in my walking around during the day. Right. Right. Because really it is your, it, it is a subconscious pattern that mm-hmm. we learned since, you know, at, at, from age two, right. We learned this subconscious pattern, the, at which we, we don't, it's not a good thing to have to concentrate on. <laughs> if you had, to, if you had to mentally concentrate on every step that you took, I mean, the subconscious is is wonderful for those types of automatic, mm-hmm. automatic things, but it also it helps to be able to be able to get into the programming of your subconscious and make changes mm-hmm. uh, when things, not, it, it was working. I mean, I you you and I, you can walk, you can run, right. but 
for me, it was, it was, and I know some trainers say, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But for me, I thought, well, if it can be better, it's right. worth the, it's worth the effort to change it. Yeah. Well, and, and optimizing, right? Like that's what we're everything, yeah. every aspect of life. It's always seems like it's about, you know, how can we, whatever verbiage you want to use, hack a biohack or a hack this or a hack that, but it's, it's all just trying to make little tweaks to make things, make things easier or make things work better. And, and, you know, I mean, um, you know, the reason that I changed my form was cause it was kind of broken. Like I couldn't go more than about six or eight miles without really having some serious, you know, shin splint type of issues, some knee pain type of issues. Um, and as soon as I, I mean, again, as soon, like I'm fast forwarding here, but like, as, as I became more familiar with, with, you know, not overstriding and landing with my foot underneath me, you know, those, those things start to, to feel better. And I, I have to, I have to imagine that for you, you know, the, the, the combination of coming back onto the trails and also coming back with being conscientious, or at least early in that process, being conscientious with your form probably helped you stay, I don't want to, you know, jinx anything, but stay mostly healthy and, and able to continue and, and build up to, you know, eventually hundred milers and, and who knows what's next. Mm-hmm. The, yes, I have, as far as uh, running related injuries, as far overuse injuries, mm-hmm. I, I have not had any. Wow. Um, and the, I, I did hyperextend my knee stepping off of a rock, mm-hmm. but that was, that was not, I mean, that's one of those fluky and, things and, that just happens. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that could have happened, happened mm-hmm. anytime. Um, and, and so, yeah, as far as, as far as the, you know, shin splints, uh, people talk about having tight calves, plantar fasciitis, just those, those types of things that I just, I don't have, don't That's have awesome. those issues. That's awesome. Um, um and it, no, sorry, go ahead. No, that's, a, that's fine. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, I do want to get into, uh, a, a few things, but I can't, I can't like, you know, kind of feel like we've kind of led up to this, you know, you do the, the, the 50 K you, you do the, the, I know you did the 50 miler. Um, when did, when did a hundred miler come on to your, uh, to your radar as, you know what, like, let's see, let's see what this hundred mile thing is all about. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because people ask me, you know, why, you know, a lot of, well, we'll all get those questions. Mm-hmm. Why do you run? Why do you do that? And, and for me, my why back then was I, I wanted the challenge. I wanted to, you know, I'd read these, you know, read about people who are distance runners and, and really having to dig deep. I finished the 50 mile and it wasn't like I was dissatisfied. I mean, it was like, you know, I'd ran 50, I'd run 50 miles. It's like that. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. But when I got done, I knew I had more. And, uh, you know, even though I had only trained for a 50 mile and, and I was tired, and I was, I was, perfectly fine to take a rest. But I got to that point and I went, not that I could have gone farther, but that I wanted, I wanted more. It just, I had that, had that feeling. And so I was, I was happy. I was proud of myself. I was like, wow, I achieved my goal. And, and also having looked back on my, my past, uh, my past time when I reached a goal and then quit, I says, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it's, uh, it was almost, you know, the, the time that I finished I mean, just that the evening when I finished, I was kind of winding down from that. And, um, and then also a friend of mine was running that same time. It was running a 100 mile. Mm. And so he had, I, I camped out. And so I slept for the rest of the night. I finished my 50 at somewhere 11 o'clock at night. I slept until whenever I woke up the next morning and then I went to where his, uh, his crew was and watched him come in for his last lap. And so 
so there were a lot of things that went into that, just of a feeling like I could do more and uh, could, could get ready. And then, then I had also gotten part of the, become part of the trail running community, had, had friends running trails. My, my friend was going for his hundred, his hundred mile, trying to do his hundred mm-hmm. mile. And, uh, so a couple of weeks later, I mentioned to uh, a couple of my f- running friends, it says, you know, I think next year I'm going to do the hundred mile of the Hawk. And of course, you know, so, yes, of course you're totally young. You can, t- <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you, you no, have, no, you no worse group of enablers than a, than a group of <laughs> yeah. running buddies. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, any crazy, any crazy idea that, that you come up with, they'll, they'll, they'll sure, you know, they'll back you and, and yep. say, yeah, let's do this. So, so that was what led up to my, uh, that my decision to train for the hundred miles. Gotcha. And then, um, you know, kind of tying back to the, some of your answer from the, the introduction there, uh, as far as, um, you know, you can do everything right and things can still not go wrong. If, if memory serves some conversations we've had and, and stuff I've read, um, that's kind of was, was the story of your first, your first attempt at the hundred miler where you, uh, missed, missed a cutoff towards the end. What, what, uh, kind of walk us through, through that, uh, experience, if you don't mind. Well, the, it's, uh, in Lawrence, Kansas, there's a, a group called the trail Hawks and it's called the Hawk 100. And I had done the Hawk 50 the, the year before. And we had uh, several factors came into to this there we had a lot of rain last year and so the lower section of the trails were flooded mm. and so the race director had to basically run the entire race on the toughest section of the trail in fact after last year's race there was a facebook group uh, called the white trail support group for those of us who had had to suffer from the abuse the white trail gave us over the course of 100 miles. Uh, so it, it was the course was tougher, but I was handling that fine. We had we had a lot of heat and a lot of people dropped out. I handled the heat fine. At about three o'clock in the morning, we had thunderstorms. Yeah. Um, in fact, my wife woke up and, and looked at the radar. She told me later she looked at the radar and the, the red which is like the most intense rain was right over the trail where we, where we were running. Um, so the, and I handled, handled the rain and the thunderstorms fine. I finished my, uh, third loop at 75 miles, started about six o'clock in the morning, uh, got on my fourth loop and, and I didn't think anything of, I mean, it's of course, you know, I'd run 75 miles, you know, I had mm-hmm. blisters, there were, there were things, but, I was I was handling that and I was on pace to finish. You know, basically, I wanted to make the cutoff of you know 32 hours uh, to to come in and finish. And so we went out for the third loop. I mean, my fourth loop, and the rain had soaked into the trails and they had turned just to soup. Mm. And so climbing the hills was was doable. I mean, it was slippery. It's, you know, take a step and slide back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the flat, I mean, running in the mud, I've learned how to point my toes so that my shoes don't get sucked off my feet. <laughs> um, and, but the downhills were just treacherous. Um, and we were actually just standing still sometimes and the your feet would go out from underneath wow. you. So the, it was the downhills that just slowed me down. And, uh, so, so I lost enough time on the, the next basically 12 miles uh, that the cutoff time for you know, the cutoff time to get to the that aid station, I missed it by ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and my uh, my pacers, my crew says, hey, do you know, you know, you could still finish. You can go rogue, and but it was 
I'd, I'd injured myself from falling enough. I said, you know, I really, you know, I have a job. I have to go to mm-hmm. go to work tomorrow. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fine with my effort. I know, I know what I did. And so I just, I took the DNF. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. Was it, was it a tough pill to swallow? I mean, even, even, you know, even saying, I, I, I know I gave a good effort. I, I was, I, I didn't do anything wrong. Um, you know, like, like, I mean, it's a, it's one thing to be at peace with it. It's another thing, uh, was like to, to, I don't know, to accept it, to, to, uh, especially in the moment, like, was it, was it, was it too tough or was it, were you able to, to detach enough and, and recognize that it, you know, it, it is what it is and it's not that, you know, it's not the end of the world. I was, I was able to, to really be at peace with it. Mm-hmm. It was, it was not, a uh, I was, of course I was disappointed, right. But, uh, um, I was, it was something that, that I, yeah, one of those, it's one of those things that, like I said, you can do everything right and still not finish. Mm-hmm. And so I knew, I knew I had, I had done everything that I could to, to get myself to, to where I was. Uh, to, and, uh, the fact that I didn't make it, it was, it was not a, um, it, it was not hard for me to accept. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was very much, and, and kind of in, inside I was like, okay, you know, I, I, I've, done this and I'll come back next year. Uh, and, and so I am, I'm signed up, signed up for that, uh, for that race this year as well. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. But in, in the meantime, you've got that hundred mile finisher. So when, when did you decide to not wait until the Hawk to try it again, but to, to get after it, uh, another time? Well, we have a, a weekly, a weekly trail run called the beer appreciation run. Uh, how is every Thursday we get together, we run and we drink beer. Uh, afterwards. And so it sounds uh, like it's right up most everybody's alley. So yes, <laughs> continue that tradition for sure. And, and so, uh, I, I was, and it was a, it's a big social event. I mean, there, and I was talking to someone and I noticed, uh, the, uh, the lady who's part of my crew and her stepdaughter, um, uh, and, and another, another lady were, were having a conversation and they kept looking over at me and, and I just, I thought, they're talking about me. There's, there's something going on over there. And so they kind of motioned me over and, and they said, Hey, we were talking here and you're already, you're ready to run a hundred miles. So there's this race down in Oklahoma called the pumpkin holler hundred and, uh, it's on gravel roads. And so it would never get rained out. And, uh, the, the lady's stepdaughter, she was going to run that. And he says, we're all going down there. Why don't you come join us? And so a month later, I found myself down at the Pumpkin Holler 100, uh, lined up with, uh, with a few friends and, and, uh, went for it. Um, and, and finished. So what was, what, what was, what was the feeling like getting to that, that finish line for the first, first time at a hundred miler? I was, I was relieved to be done. Uh, the, the fact that it was gravel, I, I'd not done any of my training runs, well, very few on the road. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a lot of road miles. Um, and the, the, I, at 60 miles, I I wanted a a route or a rock to step over. (laughs) Something to change the the, the (laughs) pattern just a little bit. Yeah. Something to change the pattern. Um, but, but yeah, it, it, I, it felt good. I mean, it felt really, really good. I ended up, uh, my, my shoe was too tight uh, as my foot swelled, mm-hmm. I loosened the laces, but I didn't get it loosened enough. And so the tendon on the top of my foot got rubbed, I uh, got, got inflamed mm-hmm. from my shoe. And at about 58 miles, I had this shooting pain that went from the top of my foot right up my shin. And, uh, it just stopped me dead in my tracks. 
And so, uh, so you talk, you were talking about you know, what's your, what's your feelings? I, I, my, the story that I was telling myself, I, I panicked. I says, hmm. here, I've dragged all of the, all of my friends down here to the middle of Oklahoma to help me run this race. And I'm going to have another DNF. And, uh, so there was a real sense of, you know, panic in me for a while. Uh, but I was, I was able to walk about a mile before the pain would come back again. And so I went kind of mile by mile walking. Um, and I've got a pretty fast walk. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I was able to, and, and, and what I did after that panic, I, I re recast, retold the story and I said, no, you're not done. You can still walk. You can still keep going. And, and, and so I basically says, I am going to go until, uh, until I can't go. If, if, if it becomes an issue that I can't walk at all, then I'll, then I'll pull the plug. Mm -hmm. But, uh, this is not something that's going to, going to knock me out of the race just because, just because I can't run. Um, and so, uh, I was, I was able to continue. And, uh, so for about 10 miles, I, my, my, I changed pacers at that point. And so from about midnight on for that 10 miles to the next aid station, he, he was, you know, we were walking fairly slowly and every mile I'd have this pain that was just, I'd <laughs> yell out and mm -hmm. stop and have to stand there for a few minutes before it passed. Uh, then we got to the the final thirty mile loop, and I my, it had kind of cleared up. My pacer, he didn't really say anything. He he just kind of sensed that my I was doing better, mm -hmm. and uh, he didn't say let's go faster. He didn't say hey you know I think we can do more. He just took off. I mean mm -hmm. he he took off down the road, started walking at a at a you know a good pace, um, and. Uh, I, I was like, okay, I guess we're going. And so I, I just kind of did my best to increase my pace to stay up with him. And so he really, he really pulled me through mm -hmm. the next, uh, about the next 10 miles. Uh, and as I was, I wasn't able to run, uh, just because that it was still tender, but I was able to walk at a pretty good, pretty good clip and was able to finish in the, under the cutoff. So gotcha. That's, that's the name of the game right there. You know, one minute or one hour or 10 hours, like as long as it's under the cutoff, that's, that's all that matters. Did, did the, did the foot issue end up being something that, that lingered or was it just kind of once you, you know, got out, got out of the shoes and stopped, stopped walking or stopped running for, you know, a few hours kind of just calmed down and was, was a, a non-issue going forward. It lingered, uh, and the race was in October and I still have every once in a while have a little bit of pain wow. in the foot. Wow. Um, and so it, it was, um, it was several months that, I mean, not, not, it was probably a month that it was still tender. Now it didn't stop me from running, mm -hmm. but, uh, it, there was still that spot in the top of my foot that, that was, uh, was sore and, and every once in a while it still is. Gotcha. But, uh, but it was that, <laughs> it was that race that made me decide to go to barefoot running. Well, and that's, I was, I was, as you said that, I was wondering if that might be kind of how we got into this. So, so yeah, it was, that was another, you know, I have like six bullet points that sometimes we get to all of them. Sometimes we don't, but this is one of them, you know, running, running barefoot, or I've seen some running uh, in some sandals that you've done as well. Um, what was that, you know, maybe it was a necessary adjustment, but, but what was that adjustment process like to, uh, you know, get rid of the shoes for the most part and get out on and actually, you know, instead of the, the tongue in cheek, feel the, the earth beneath you, beneath your feet, actually, literally feeling the, mm -hmm. the earth beneath your feet. I didn't, I wasn't sure what it, it was. It was for me, it was an experiment. I said, I'm going to try this. Uh, I'd, I'd read about barefoot running. There's one guy in our, uh, one guy in our group, uh, running group that runs in sandals and barefoot. And so I, I knew a little bit about it. 
but I wasn't. Yeah. This is like, yeah, that's, that's something other people do. But as I got into it and especially with the foot issue and the, and the, the, uh, the way that my shoes were, I said, you know, I, this is something I'm going to try. And so in January, uh, I bought a, bought a pair of Hirachi is a do it yourself Hirachi four millimeter, uh, four millimeter thick piece of rubber you tie on your foot basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, kind of like jump, jumped in with both feet. I mean, there's no transition shoe. It was just, uh, I started, started running in that. And it was the, the rest of my body was able to run farther, but my feet were like, no, we're only going, mm-hmm. we're only going four miles today. Mm-hmm. And so it was this process of strengthening my feet. Um, and so it was, it's, it's been kind of a gradual process to get my mileage back up, but, uh, but I have, uh, it, it has been a good choice. It's been a good decision for me. And, and, um, actually we talked about chi running. I, the running barefoot revealed a lot of places in my form that I was cheating mm-hmm. and running barefoot is it's like, Oh, wait a minute. No, you you need to stride this way. You need to have a quicker cadence. You need, uh, so that, those adjustments really, that's why I said the chi running is still kind of in process because, um, I'm getting that, getting better feedback on how my form is. Well, and that's, and that's, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. The the other result is I, I, I had originally intended to try to run the, uh, to run the Javelina hundred and their, their cutoff time is 30 hours. So that was kind of a goal I'd set for myself at the beginning of the year and says, I'm going to have to run faster. So, uh, so I've been working on speed and I've actually increased even in my training runs, I've about three minutes a mile faster, two and a half, three minutes a mile faster than I was last year. Last year I was averaging 16 minutes a mile because I was really, I was kind of doing the heart rate training Mm -hmm. and trying to go slow. So, and, and that was good that built up my endurance, but, but this year, um, I'm averaging 14, 13, 14 minutes a mile on the trail. Wow. Um, and most of that is, uh, form and form and, uh, cadence. I'm mm-hmm. taking short, shorter steps in a uh, 180, 180 at least, right. uh, for cadence. Wow. Um, uh, so, so is, uh, is the, and, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Again, no, I keep and, cutting and, off. and, 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 and barefoot, uh, the, you know, the fact that my feet are stronger because mm-hmm. of running barefoot, the, the muscles of my feet are actually, you know, I've got, it's more like a, a good tights coil spring, right. Um, rather than, uh, the, the cushioned shoe. So is the, is the plan to run the, the hundred miles in, in sandals? Is that, is that the plan? Are you going to default to shoes for the, the longer distance, uh, events? I am going to run in sandals. Uh, awesome. right now I'm kind of going through, um, the, there's several areas where it's pretty rocky. Mm-hmm. And so on dirt trails and minimal rocks, you know, I can run through a rock garden and, and, and step in the dirt and not on the rocks and keep my feet from getting, you know, really a lot of impact. Right. But, it, um, I ran on a, a really, really rocky trail a couple of weeks ago and is there was, there was no dirt. You had to step on rocks. And, uh, after four miles, I, my feet were sore and so I said, yeah, I, I need probably something different than these really thin, thin sandals for my hundred. But, uh, but yeah, the plan is to run in sandals. Um, I do have a pair of, uh, minimalist shoes, mm-hmm. uh, made by, made by zero. And, uh, so if it's, if it's muddy, that's what I wear. But, gotcha. Gotcha. So keeping your feet healthy, obviously it's important for any runner, but, uh, I think even more important for, 
barefoot or sandals or you know they're very very minimal uh type of shoes even if it is a shoe um mm-hmm. in order to to you know keep those muscles strong keep the the tendons and ligaments strong keep everything functioning like it's supposed to um have you done things outside of just easing into running barefoot to help strengthen and condition your feet uh, and, and take care of them? And if so, if so, what is working for you? I, I got a uh, lacrosse ball, mm-hmm. you know, so rolling and then I, I've in my, I have a stand up desk and so I've got a golf ball that's right there. And so I, I try to keep the, keep that muscle worked out. Uh, the thing that has helped me the most is I ran into a group called the foot collective and they have a, uh, they call it a beam, a balance beam. Mm. And it's a two inch, about a two inch diameter pipe raised up off the floor, about an inch and a half. And you stand on the beam and try to not fall off mm. and, uh, and barefoot. Right. And so, uh, what, uh, what that does I've found is between my feet, my hips, it, it, all of those little micro muscles mm-hmm. in in trying to balance. Uh, first of all, my foot flexes over the pipe, uh, so there's there's a lot of flexing going on to to uh, you know depending on how my foot is mm-hmm. oriented on the pipe. Uh, but but the my knees trying to keep keep myself up and the and being flexible in my hip balancing. And I've I've uh, there's exercises that I do like stand on one foot and then try to to squat down and touch the ground without falling off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, uh, then also f- hooking my toes over the pipe and doing knee bends, um, while I balance and it's, it's still, I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. It's not something I can do. I mean, the guys who've been doing it for a long time, you know, they can not fall off. You know, I can maybe get one squat and then I have right. to step off. Right. But the, but the, the feedback from my feet and the, and the, keeping having to having to move my hips and move my knees to stay balanced has has been a big part of helping me to run and, and to, to be able to run barefoot um it's 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 been a a a great boon for me and mm-hmm. and i think even for for runners who would want, want to run in shoes it, it's uh if uh, if i come back from a run and i'm sore you know kind of just from you know how your hips get sore mm-hmm. when you run uh, 10 minutes of walking on the beam and, and I feel great. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask, you know, not that you would necessarily know, but the, the assumption that I would have would certainly be that whether you're barefoot or not, something like that's going to be helpful. It's going to, it's going to, you know, help your feet work out a little bit, uh, get stronger. It's going to help, you know, all those little muscles that are in and around joints, the stabilizers, the balance things, which, you know, let's not kid ourselves when we're running, you literally never have two feet on the ground at the same time. It's, it's nothing but an exercise and balance. So, you know, mm-hmm. anything that you can do on those fronts, uh, is, is going to be helpful. So, uh, and I'm also thinking about it going, you know, I mean, you know, I, I think most people know I've got, I've got a, I've got a young one at home. Like that could be a fun little contest slash game between me and the little one, right? Like, like, let's see who can balance oh, yeah. on the beam for the longest or who can do, you know, the most, the most things on this thing. And so, you know, we're, it, it's, it's a bonding time. It could be a fun thing with, with your family and also, you know, not for nothing kind of helpful to, to you as a runner too. So I like that idea a lot and something that, uh, I could see myself, you know, getting, getting a, getting a beam and seeing what happens. Yeah. And it's, fun. that's the thing that I found it's fun. Mm-hmm. There's a second thing that I did. It's not so much for my feet, but more for my hips and my knees is, uh, call it a roller balance board. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's a, a four inch plastic pipe 
and a two foot board and you put the pipe on the board and try to balance on top of it. And so it it'll roll back and forth mm-hmm. underneath you. And so it's, it's only side to side. It's not the, I mean, they make balance boards that have kind of a, a half, mm-hmm. a half of a sphere to balance right. on. Um, but now this is just side to side. And, uh, so I, I balance on that and I will uh, do curls. I've got, uh, you know, just some, some barbells. And so I'll do my upper body work while I'm balanced on that. And we'll also, also balance on it to do squats. And so, uh, not only the, you get the, the muscles of, you know, your, your main Mm -hmm. muscles to bring you down and, and up, but also a lot of micro movements of your knees going back and forth just a little bit as you go, as you squat and as you stand up to stay balanced. Yeah. Uh, so, so that it's the, I guess this is a long answer to your question. How do you strengthen your feet? I've, I've been looking for those kinds of fun ways mm-hmm. to not only strengthen my feet, but also my hips and my knees. Right. And, uh, and and then as well as stretching, I, I have a, I've been doing a stretching exercises focused on my hips for the last three years, mm-hmm. uh, and I do I do that every day. I don't stretch before I run. I don't stretch after I run. But every morning, I stretch out my knees, my hips, and and do uh, so. Well, that's and that's the name of the game, right? Like like find a routine, find things that that work for you, do them consistently, and if you can make it fun, it's more likely that you're gonna stick with it. Or consistently over the months and years, which is which is where it's it's effective. So uh, I'm I'm definitely uh, on board with with those things. And, and I mean, shoot, like the reason I don't foam roll as much as I should, and I know I should, is because mm-hmm. it's not it's not that fun. But if I'm standing on this beam playing with Addison while we're watching TV or while we're you know screwing around with each other, like having a contest, who can who can balance on one foot the longest, like that's fun. And so that's you know if that's if that's what works for you, then then by all means, and certainly it's going to be beneficial to again whether you're wearing shoes or not. It's going to be beneficial to you as a runner. So find those things and, and get after it. Yeah. So uh, before we, we wrap up, and uh, and as, as we talked about before we got started, we could probably do this all day, and I don't want to uh, cut this too short, but at the same time, you know, we, we don't want to extend this on forever. I don't want to mo- monopolize your entire day while we're chatting here, Eric. But, uh, um, you know, part of, the, part of the thing that I mentioned in the intro that we met at in person at, at a podcasting conference, which, you know, you used to have the, the beer with Jesus podcast, which was a, which was a fun, fun show to listen to. Um, and that kind of disappeared for a couple of reasons, which you don't need to get into, but, uh, you kind of been dipping your toe back into that water a bit too of, of late. Uh, I had the, the pleasure of joining you on, on trail talk, which is kind of like a more of a, of a Facebook live stream, but you're thinking about bringing that into uh, a podcast version as well. Um, what's, what's kind of, uh, got you dipping your toes back into the podcasting slash talking with runners, uh, water. What, why, uh, what, where did, where did trail talk come from? Trail talk started from, uh, I, I got certification as a life coach and I've kind of, when we were talking about way back and talking about the entrepreneurship, uh, my wife and I have been entrepreneurs, uh, self-employed for the last 25 years. Uh, and so I was, I started out in the online space kind of like thinking about how, how to help entrepreneurs, you know, Mm -hmm. the mistakes that I made through being in business. I was, I put that into a book, uh, um, a book was called how to be your own boss. And, uh, so that's still out there on Amazon. Uh, but, but that was, and there were a lot of people who were doing the same thing. I mean, it was like you go online and that's, that's what you got all kinds of mm-hmm. people saying, yeah, start your own business. Here's how. So I was competing in that and, and it was something that I was good at. I knew a lot about, I had a lot of experience, but, uh, but you know, 
partly because of some of my limiting beliefs that we talked about earlier. And that just didn't didn't take off like I thought it would. Uh, but it was still kept like, okay, that didn't work. Let's see what else. So I, I got certification as a life coach. Um, and because of the the because of the fact that I had had success in in one business, but then couldn't translate it over into the online business, realized that a lot of that reason was because of my limiting beliefs mm. and the the things that I had carried with me all of my life that was really stopping me from from having the success I wanted. So once I'd done some of that mindset work, got some traction, made some changes in my life of of what I believed, then become a runner, it was all kind of rolled into one of saying, okay, you know, I've got I've got some things that I've done that I can help other people. So I got certified as a life coach and so I started kind of getting myself going along that track of of trying to find clients as a life coach. And as I was uh, running in my hundred, uh, my first attempt at a hundred, my, one of my pacers said to me, you have the mental part of this running thing figured out in, in a way that is, and he's, it's, I, I wasn't, wasn't doing anything other than just running. Mm-hmm. But uh, his observation to me was that my, that my mental game for running hundred miles was, uh, was very strong. And he made even after the race, he made some comments about that. So that kind of what led me into creating the page, the ultra marathon mindset. And so of, of saying a lot of runners will talk about how the mental game of running is so important, mm-hmm. but not many of us actually go and train ourselves mentally to prepare for running long distances. And so, so I said, Oh, I've got the certification as a life coach. I've got some of these tools. So I, I kind of brought in my focus as the ultra marathon mindset, uh, to be a, to be a coach for any, any big goal. I mean, it does, doesn't have to be running in a, running huge distances, mm-hmm. but the, that mindset to keep going and the, the stories that you tell yourself when, when things get hard is that's what can make or break your success. So that's kind of kind of where I came to the the Facebook page, Ultra Marathon Mindset. Then I started Trail Talk just because I like doing this kind of thing. I like mm-hmm. I like hearing other people's stories, and I like sharing stories that can help other people have you know be better at whatever they want to be. You know, if if you know if it's running, if it's being an entrepreneur, just dealing with dealing with life and you know setting goals and and having having the life that you want to live. If I can find people who who have inspiring stories and help other people get one step closer to where they want to be in life, that's that's what that's that's what really lights me up. And I um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with uh, Trail Talk is my right now is on my Facebook page, uh, but I'm going to be bringing it on as a as a podcast just because uh, I, w- I want to reach more people. I want to mm-hmm. I want to inspire. I want to inspire other people and, you know, especially people who are getting into their 50s. I hear people who say, you know, I'm getting old and uh, it becomes a a thing that they say to themselves and that will bring about that result. Um, The the stories that you tell yourself end up coming true. And so Mm -hmm. if you say I'm getting – people say I'm getting old, I'm not going to be able to run – like I mean, I want to say, just no. Yes, you can. You can run. You can. You just <laughs> can't keep telling yourself you're not going to be able to run. <laughs> tell yourself a different story, mm-hmm. and uh, and you can do anything you want. And there's, I mean, I I see articles of people who are even in their hundreds, right, 
uh, there's a woman that's 104 who is still running as a sprinter. Uh, it was in, it was in uh, the, the magazine Parade magazine that comes in a lot of newspapers. Um, and so it's it's not impossible. And and you know, people would say, well, it could never be me. It's like, well, why not you? Mm-hmm. you know, why you know, why can't it, why can't I be that person who is 95 years old and still maybe not running as fast, mm-hmm. but still out there on the, on the road and running. Uh, right. Yeah. It's, it's the, the mindset pieces, as I've said a few times is, uh, uh, not my strongest suit, although I'm something I've been working on. Um, and certainly, uh, no, no question heard it from bunches of people and, and even believe it totally myself that it's, it's a huge component to, to running in general, but obviously the, the farther you go, the, the more, um, you know, the, the more the mind can, can derail you if you're not, you're not careful. So Eric, as, as we're wrapping up today, um, I guess I'm going to ask a philosophical question that's not as philosophical maybe as, as it probably is more practical, uh, but I'm just going to call it the philosophical question so we don't uh, extend this out too much longer and I take up too much time of your, uh, too much of your time today. Um, but but along the lines of, of mindset, along the lines of, you know, kind of like you talked about earlier of, of changing some of those beliefs and, and, and amending some of the, the, the limiting beliefs you had and changing the phraseology of what you were telling yourself and how that opened the door to, to really, you know, going a hundred miles and getting back into running and all of those types of things. Um, for people that are, um, that, that maybe recognize that they're struggling with, um, the mindset piece again, myself, myself included all, I, I'm not as bad as I used to be, or I'm, I'm, I'm maybe, maybe that's right there. I recognize that I'm, I'm not saying that correctly. I'm, I'm improving. I'm, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. stronger than I used to be mentally, but I know I still have work to do. Um, you know, what, what kind of things would you recommend? Uh, obviously working with you would be one option, but, but what are, yes, what are some other yes. options as far as, I know you've already mentioned a couple of books, but, but things that we can do from a mindset perspective that, that, you know, can help us as, and runners can help us maybe in other areas of our life as well. Like, like where, where do we get started working on our mindset, uh, to, to, you know, kind of unlock some of that potential or, or, you know, help us to, to really see that we can do anything that we, we put our minds to. I, I can give you this in three steps. And um, actually, two of the steps I, I borrowed from somebody and I added a third because it's, it's, it's crucial. First step is you decide. Mm-hmm. You have to make a decision. And it's, you know, it's a choice. Now, you know, to some extent, you have to, have to continue to decide because you, know, you can't just make a decision once and, then, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But it starts with a decision. Decide what you, what you want to do, what you want decide you're going to do it. Second step, start. And start as soon as possible. And the, the, the biggest thing is take some step toward the, toward, you know, based on your decision, take some step toward where you think you're going. Even if it's in the wrong direction, even if it's something else, if the, the, there's something psychological about not letting your logic, not letting your rational mind talk you out of your decision. So start. And the third step is don't stop. Mm. Uh, keep going. And, uh, and that's that applies for running any any area of your life, anything that you decide, you, anything that you want, any outcome you want. That's those are the three basic steps. Make a decision, start, and don't stop. 
Yeah. And, uh, as, as is maybe, uh, the human condition, we, we tend to overcomplicate things and, and, yes. you know, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy, right? Like, like it, it yeah. you know, it's, it's easy to rattle off the, the three steps. Um, it doesn't need to be more complicated than that, but it's, it requires, like you said, daily effort, uh, consistency, continuing to show up. Um, but, uh, if, if you're doing that, you're, you're making progress and that's the name of the game. Mm-hmm. And so many of us have trouble with it that first, the mm-hmm. first, the first one is to make a decision. Um, yeah, you know, for for me, I had a lot of a lot of wishes in my life, uh, through a lot of my life. You know, I had these limit, limiting beliefs I knew were there, but I didn't ever make the decision to say I'm going to, I'm going to do something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I made once, and and for me that wasn't even really a conscious decision. It was it was more of a process, but it but it was kind of the, I got to the point where. I, I've got to I've got to find something that will change the way I think. Yeah, and and then and then you take the action, and then you don't stop taking the action, and that's yeah, that's yeah. what it's all about. So, um, I think Eric, if 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 you're okay with it, at some point, you know, a, a few months down the road, maybe we can circle back and, and dive into the the mindset stuff quite a bit more because uh, sure, it's it's an area I'm always looking to improve upon. And I know other folks folks are as well. Um, and and again, in, 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 in a hope of not turning this into a three hour episode, maybe that maybe maybe we'll wrap it up up here and come back to it and really focus on that some some more as well. But guys, if again, if you want to find out more about Eric, and and honestly, you know, check out his Facebook page, check out his website. Lots of great information there. And obviously, if if you want to, you know, take the make the commitment to yourself to, to help working with him or to work with him to help you improve your mindset stuff. Uh, ericdieter.com is the website. Again, Facebook at Ultra Marathon Mindset at Eric Dieter on Instagram. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 858 is the link for uh, for this episode of show notes. Um, and like I said, somewhere in the next few months, we'll, we'll try to wrangle Eric back uh, on the line and do this again and really dive into the mindset stuff a bit, a bit heavier there since we barely skimmed the surface of it here, but uh, lots of good stuff there. And, and Eric, uh, thank you for, for taking the time today, for taking a little more time than, uh, than I anticipated uh, than we usually take, but uh, appreciate your willingness to, to chat and share some, some of your story, some of your wisdom um, and looking forward to doing it again soon. But until then, my friend, thanks for, uh, thanks for making the time and uh, all the best out there this summer. Yes, thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Eric and myself. And as per usual, would be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was what was your takeaway from uh, our conversation today? Um, for me, this one might be one of those where you kind of have to connect the dots a little bit to, to get there, but it makes sense in my mind. And ultimately, you know, when it comes to the takeaways, that's, that's the key, right? If it makes sense in your mind, it doesn't matter if it makes sense in anybody else's. But for me, it's, it's the, the reminder that so much of life is lived on a continuum. Meaning, you know, Eric talking about some of his mindset work and the self-development work that he's done and how, how it's, it's, it's a constant process and it's a constant evolution and, and constantly growing. And, and, I would assume I, I, this might be putting words in Eric's mouth, but um, I'm, I'm comfortable in saying that that he would he would agree that there's no there's no finish line, there's no end point, there's no there's no point when it comes to mindset work or or personal development that you're like, all right, I'm good, I am developed, I am now personally developed, and I can I can develop no more. You know, it's it's a constant continuum, it's a constant growth curve um, as long as you're continuing to do the work, and and to me that's just such a, a great metaphor, a uh, great reminder, uh, a great uh, truth about our sport of running 
and about so many aspects of, of life as well that, that you're never you, you, like, there's so very few things that you ever like have legitimately arrived. Like you, 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 you know, are as good as you can be and you'll never be, be better. You'll never be able to grow more. You'll never be able to learn more. You'll never be able to, uh, improve and refine. Like I, I legitimately can't think of too many of those things as far as skills that you might learn. Um, you know, just, just so many areas of life, you know, running, when are you ever like the best that, that is possible? You know, may, maybe at some point you can look back and, and go, all right, well, you know, when I was, when I was 47 and I ran this race, like that was, that was my, my, you know, my best race ever. But there's even, even beyond that, even when you're looking back 10, 15 years into the past, into your quote unquote heyday, like there's still room for growth with where you are today, right? Like, like you might not be where you, where you used to be because age catches up to everybody, but you can still keep, keep improving keep learning, keep trying different things, keep, keep refining your skills. And so, you know, as Eric was talking about just the various things running, you know, getting back into running and running, um, barefoot slash, you know, very minimally, uh, with the sandals on just so many areas where I was just like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a constant continuum and constantly working to better, you know, he's working to better himself in all these areas. And it's something that I feel like I'm trying to do some, some aspects I do feel like I'm continuing to better myself and continue to learn and grow some aspects. Maybe I'm coasting a little bit and, and just hearing Eric's conversation today and, and this idea of a continuum, um, just kind of has me, has me thinking that, that, you know what, he's, he's right. And, and that idea of, of constant growth, um, or at least never settling, never settling, always striving for, for more, for better, uh, there's some areas in my life that I need to, to really implement that way of thinking that attitude and make it happen and make it happen. So that's my, my takeaway for today that we're all on a continuum on, on, on a variety of continuums. Um, and that, you know, if we, if we want to continue to grow, continue to improve, continue to become more, uh, you know, personally developed, we have the opportunity to do that. We just have to put in the, the, the work, put in the effort, put in the study. And, uh, you know, those that do see the results, see the results. So, uh, that's, that's my takeaway from today. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Let me know at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email, of course, to Dizruns at gmail.com and let me know your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways there. Uh, you can also head over to the show notes for today, which once again, that link Dizruns.com slash eight, five, eight. We got some photos from Eric, uh, out on the trail in his, his happy place. Uh, if you want to check those out as well, we also got some links and of course, we have the, the comment section down at the bottom of the page uh, where you can leave your thoughts and feedbacks, takeaways there uh, if you have them. And I always love to hear those and kind of get that conversation going. So with that, that's where we'll go, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, if you do head out, head over to the show notes, you can also check out the coaching page, the information that's there. And, uh, you know, if a consultation sounds right to you, you can you can get yourself signed up right there. Once again, the, the direct link to that page, disruns.com slash consultation. Didn't overthink this one. Made it pretty simple, right? That's a consultation call. How do you get there? Dizruns.com slash consultation. And, uh, you know, we just kind of help you help you work through whatever it is you're struggling with right now. Maybe it's training, motivation, dealing with the uncertainty of the times, uh, or something completely different. If, if, uh, if you think I can help, I'm happy to do it. Dizruns.com slash consultation. So that's where we'll officially wrap this one up now, guys. Uh, thank you again for listening. As always, appreciate your time. Appreciate your attention. And if you found this episode uh, enjoyable... 
would appreciate you hitting the share button as well. That's uh, that's certainly always uh, a great way to kind of help new people find the show is when, when it's not me pushing it, but it's you telling others about it. Like, hey, I like this episode. You might like it as well. Um, I think most apps have that ability to share it to social media, things like that. So if you're, if you're willing, appreciate it. If not, no worries. But uh, as long as you keep tuning in, I'm going to keep putting out the episodes. So uh, we'll see you all next time. But until then, please be well. Please take care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? See you guys.